What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Geek Podcast. Today, we have Richard Flingy. He's a former co host of EVTV, which is a worldwide webcast private renewable energy research facility. This guy knows everything about, or we'll find out if he does, but electric uh, vehicles. We're going to talk about Tesla, solar tech, and uh, battery tech, solar innovations, and all of that. So it's it's a pleasure to have you on, Richard. How you doing? You know, I'm doing good this morning. It's a low humidity day here in Missouri, so that's always a, a good way to start. And, it is. Uh, I'm excited. I, uh, uh, I've been writing. Uh, on a book, uh, okay. and that's kind of been my latest thing. I retired a year or so ago, and uh, so I really write and kind of advocate uh, the electric vehicle revolution and try to help bridge that gap between the people that love it and the people <laughs> that don't love it. And, yeah, uh, uh, I have a good time, I seem to uh, uh, irritate both sides when i get around to it so well there's nothing wrong with that's right with, with doing that you know it's 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 funny i have a tesla yeah uh but i i have it because i like the tech and yeah. i like the speed you know and I'm, I'm not one of those that so you know i'm kind of one of those oxymoron type people it's like you know i'm not doing it because it's good for the environment i like it because it's a cool car um, how do you advocate some of the people, you know, it's, it's like, it, there are a lot of people that look at a Tesla and go, you know, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, there's you know? a, I had a little bit of a hot rod background and that's sort of how I got into EVTV. I originally did the custom truck freight craze back in the nineties. I had a big customer there in Phoenix and they did the keep on trucking and the convertible little mini trucks. And mm -hmm. uh, so I had a flair kind of for hot rodding. And we uh, originally started out with a business converting gasoline cars to electric. Oh. And that was where, where I got started. So I sort of started on the hot rod side. And then we ended up, Tesla came along. And basically just wipe that business out because if you were going to spend $40,000 for something you were going to cobble together just to have an electric car, you could spend a little bit more and get a Tesla and it worked all the time. So mm -hmm. we were there really right at the beginning. Uh, I have funny stories. We, 
now I'll back up just a little bit. The founder of the company was an internet entrepreneur. And the, the guy that I worked with actually had a very interesting story. He was one of the original internet board watch guys. Hmm. So he was back there at the very beginning of the internet and he ended up catching a wave in the stock bubble and made a bucket load of money, like tens of millions of dollars. So he came back and started this company and he wanted to evangelize the electric vehicle. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I came along. So we were there working with lithium ion batteries uh, really about the same time Elon Musk and JB Straubel were building the roadster mm -hmm. and ended up, we would convert uh, mainly VWs. VW has that trans mount transmission and you could make a um, electric motor right up to the transmission with a coupler and an adapter plate and uh began doing like a, we did a little speedster and we did a uh, couple porsches and vw things and uh, all that took off well uh tesla wiped that out that whole business model you know people still do it and we still had there's still some contacts and there's a couple companies in california that still do it Mm -hmm. So that went away and we started working with technology. So um, what the company did, and I did more management. I don't want to make any claims that I was an electrical engineer, but we basically hacked the Tesla Model S and developed a hack software that would operate the Tesla battery modules. Mm. And, and, and I don't know if anybody is, you, you kind of get familiar. You, you, if you want to talk about technology, Tesla basically advanced a complete software system that controls everything. So you have uh, an giant line of code that feeds everything. So like every single code line runs through the entire network. So your devices, your brakes, your accelerator, your headlights, your air conditioner all receive code. So then your brakes will only respond to a code that say starts with B and your air conditioner responds to a code that says AC. Well, what we did was, or what, what as, as a collective group, we did what was called a can sniffer and we tapped into their computer network and we sniffed out code. So when we did certain things, we could capture the code. And then when you capture the code, you can hack out all the rest of the parts. And then we developed a small little microprocessor that would spoof the Tesla car and tell the batteries to turn on and off. And if you don't do that, the batteries remain simply dead. They don't have any, you don't have any way to operate a Tesla battery. It's not like a car battery. You, it's still alive. It, it takes itself and completely goes dead. So we, um, 
developed a way to operate Tesla, repurpose them. They would take them out of salvage batteries, out of salvage cars. We would take the batteries and put them together and put a little controller on it. And uh, they would go to sometimes uh, mainly um, solar builders and off-grid people. Because oh, there you go. the salvage, the salvage Tesla was much cheaper because batteries are still fairly expensive, somewhat of a hindrance to that business. So what do you think? So the, was, uh, what do you think the, the future of the, the lithium? Lithium is the technology. We tested yeah. multiple batteries and that's one of the things we did in the research facility. So you would take a battery, you would charge it up. And it, I'm talking like an individual cell or a small battery. And then you would create various loads so you would try to draw the battery down and then you would see how long it would maintain its current before it goes to what's called a drop-off or a, a mm -hmm. discharge level that no longer makes it operate. And really nothing, nothing comes close to lithium. So mm -hmm. as a whole, lithium is the answer in, in terms of cost-effective and really maintaining the charge. Yeah, because you know, I think that's one of the uh, the uh, the arguments with the electric cars is number one, we don't have enough lithium or we don't have enough electricity um, to generate all of these cars, and so you're saying that lithium is still the answer over something like a, a natural gas car, propane car, um, other natural types gas of and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah that's still, I'm thoroughly convinced lithium. And I still will, lithium. I will evangelize. I, I do not believe in terms of energy density, mm. in terms of cost per energy density, mm. and really overall effectiveness, it's going to be the lithium battery. And that's really what I proclaim in the book. Mm -hmm. So kind of the title and the way I subtitle the book is basically the lithium battery is going to save planet Earth and stop climate change and mm -hmm. uh uh that is the technology absolutely so you think there's enough that we can find enough lithium oh yeah 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 i believe that yeah there's a lot of lithium mm -hmm. the entire country of afghanistan is lithium <laughs> just mm -hmm. you know, china's got a lot of it they yeah. found a lot in south america yeah uh, and uh it is uh it is mineable and it is producible and it's a pretty large uh, largely available mm -hmm. component so yeah and and you think that you know tesla started it all and you know i hate the fact that it seems like the government is all of a sudden anti-tesla um for no, some they, reason uh, they put some pressure on detroit and they put yeah. <laughs> they put pressure on an existing base employs a lot of people i'm a big fan of detroit and i love their cars and I, I believe they're going to come on, uh, but they have a large ship, ship have hundreds of thousands of employees and they got to move in another direction. So in a way they're, if anything, they're, they're sandbagging Tesla and slowing it down a little bit to let Detroit catch up. Yeah. yeah. And it's too bad that the, you know, the government that we have, um, would do that you know here here's elon musk is the innovator he's the creator 
of this wonderful technology, but because he's not a unionized company, they're like, you know, we don't care about you. We only care about people that give us money, you know, the lobbyists and and things like, and so it's just, it's a shame that, that you have a party that sits there and says, we need all this. We need the lithium. We need the electric cars. We need this, but we hate Elon because he's not playing the game that we want him to play. You know? Yeah. So. I think it goes even a little deeper than that. I mm-hmm. think he truly might, he could upset the apple cart over there completely. And he could, uh, if, if Tesla pounded it, uh, uh, and, it could topple some some companies so you know in a balanced approach i think we have to be you know somewhat aware of what we do here because it is a disruptive technology it is going to you cannot imagine just the part support that goes into an internal combustion engine and you're talking about five thousand people they make die stamping milling machine forging (laughs) All that is going to go away. It's not just even the automakers. It's another magnitude of three of their supply chain. So it's, it's, it somewhat is a, a macro problem. So, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about other type of, uh, you know, savings as, as, as far as, you know, the wind farms and wind farms, were are working uh, are they they are working in certain positions now overarching i talk about a portable battery a portable mm-hmm. battery allows you to store electricity mm-hmm. and you could actually put that stored electricity on the bed of a truck on a train trailer on on in a car and you can move it mm-hmm. the one thing about wind farms is that they're not usually very close to populated areas and there is, right. with a wind-generated DC, there is power loss. So if you can imagine this, just taking the power from the top of the tower to the bottom of the tower mm-hmm. through wind farms, it loses some of its power. And you know who originally found that out? It was Thomas Edison. And he proposed DC electric. Mm-hmm. And... What they found out was, though, they had to build a power generating station about every mile to contend with the power loss. So when you factor in the new lithium-ion battery, I would argue, or I would advocate, if you would put a giant battery right at the base of the windmill, you would capture all the electricity in a bank and do it much more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And if, if I would say, if I would prophesize, if I would say into the future, I really believe scenarios in which we have battery banks close to an energy source. I think that's kind of the next picture that's coming along. Mm. So, but wind farms yeah. are working. Yeah. It, it, and it just needs to be, everything needs to be cheaper. You know, it's, you're right. Yeah. You know, for me being an, uh, an analyst, I look at, all right, you know, it, it costs this many hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to do the wind farm. Yep. So the per capita cost per home yep. is, it's it's crazy. You know, 
it, it, it so you're like going, okay, it's we're spending this amount per home to do it the green way, but it's, it's got to be cheaper. So we we have to somehow get the technology to the point where we you can't spend a billion dollars to electrify twenty five thousand homes. You know, it, it's just, yeah. it doesn't make sense. So it, there's, what do you think is going to be, uh, you know, because you're going to have those analytical people that say, look, yeah, it, it's it's great, but it, it's not sustainable because of the cost. You know, um, it is overarching. It is a disruption. Yeah. So disruption really means disruption. I believe that the battery mm -hmm. on scale is really the breakthrough technology, the portable battery. And you live in Arizona, another scenario I would paint for you. You build giant solar arrays, mm -hmm. you store the electricity directly into a battery on a train car. Mm -hmm. That train car then delivers it to Chicago. Okay. There are no transmission lines, no giant infrastructure built, just a giant battery that gets transported from where the energy is produced to where the energy is consumed. Yeah. So, and Elon had, had has mentioned this, and you sort of hear it. We can't build enough batteries fast enough. Right. But we were going to have to have a massive uh, battery leap mm -hmm. in capacity technology and that lowers the cost now the other thing i would tell you is that lithium because it's power dense and cost effective in a car now there are some other technologies that don't have to be so dense and don't have to be so expensive so if you're not putting in a car you don't have to have space considerations you don't have to have it so tightly configured you could build some lower cost batteries mm. and uh, it'll probably work. Yeah. And uh, how about just the cost of, you know, even I think Elon Musk said this, that we just don't have enough electricity. Exactly right. That, now that, yeah. you know, when you look, you know, you're kind of mentioning about the government, but if, if you look behind the curtain, mm. that's one of it. I've had literally people at my table saying, you know, the grid can't handle this. You mm -hmm. you don't you don't we don't know what they don't know how the grid works now. They it's almost like it's a pressure system that they maintain. They're not exactly sure what they just know it works. So I don't yeah. they, uh uh there there are concerns, they are legitimate. So I don't try to I don't want to understate yeah. that. They have legitimate national issues that if you started drawing down the grid, you could create havoc in some way, I guess. Yeah. You know, you look at California right now, they're, I think in by 2030, 2035, they're saying no gas engines can be yeah. sold. So everything has to go electric. And there's policies now that if you build a new home, you have to have a, uh, like a level two charger in every yeah. new build but yeah. they're also doing rolling blackouts 
uh, on yep. their grid. So it's like, okay, uh, you know, sorry, boss, I can't come into work today because there was a, a rolling well, blackout and, and I couldn't charge my car. And that kind of, again, it, it keeps, you keep circling back to the battery and the, yeah. and the battery bank. So if so you what's had your solution, a, you would have a battery bank reserve system. Okay. Like you have a water reservoir. So yeah. you would run the electricity and say you ran it from two in the morning till four in the morning, mm. you filled up that region's battery bank. Mm. Then if you want to black it out, you black it out and the, and the users can use the stored electricity in their battery mm. bank. And California's already popped a uh, Tesla Megapacks uh, scenario. So they have one there where they, that, but the 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 magnitude of that is multiple millions of battery banks so if we start yeah. producing batteries right now uh at a at a huge rate we still would be we yeah. got a ways to go There's yeah so you have to do something like the tesla wall you know the solar where you can yeah. just store you, you have exactly. that bank in in your house and you, you can, can still have intermittent intermittent connection to the grid and yeah. the grid can be on and off you got it exactly that's basically what i advocate and that's really what conventional wisdom is coming together as the solution mm -hmm. which is very similar to the way water works yeah you know so. yeah and that's worked it's it's worked you know out in the midwest for a long time you have the water wheels that generates electricity and um but it's it's uh it's here it's just not so what here. do you think five years from now what do you think is going to be you know i don't know how far we're getting five years i'm surprised mm. uh when i traveled around and i had a model three how difficult it was if i got away from yeah. city areas to find charging so no. i would say i'm not uh i i believe it's just going to be a uh, one of those it's going to seed and seed and seed and then finally grow together. I bet five years from now, it is uh, substantially moved forward, but only because Detroit and several automakers have a lot of, of, of car models starting to hit the, hit, hit mm -hmm. the dealer lots. And that's going to pressure uh, uh, some more advancement in charging. So I, yeah. I guess it'll just keep growing. I don't, yeah. and, but now uh, an adoptive curve and a lot of people talk about this it goes along and it's sort of flat and then it kind of upticks a little bit but when it hits the point that everybody wants to do it it goes straight up so yeah and now the 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 other thing that elon had alluded to was the lower price tesla mm -hmm. you know when that no matter what it's still hard to crack even it's hard for me. I mean, but a lot of people cracking fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a car versus yeah. twenty five thousand. When it gets to a a pragmatic point, you know, mm -hmm. where it, it or, or really uh, adoptive, frugal, they make the decision based on economics. When that low cost electric car comes out, that's probably when it's gonna you're gonna see an uptick. And they, yeah. they've almost, and that probably is what's going to fry the grid. So <laughs> we'll be, 
You'll be like, you'll plug in your car and the lights will go out, you know? And you, I know. Plug. Well, they, they just can't, you know, the grid just can't handle everyone plugging in, um, you know, because yeah. everything's, everything's based on 60s, 70s technology. And, and you know, even now it's like, okay, every house that was built uh, before the 90s probably has yep. to have a brand new uh, exactly. electrical box. Uh, yeah. Bigger, I, yeah. bigger breakers. You talk about technology there's a ex-tesla employee this arch row that is developed a company called span s-p-a-n and they have basically a smart electrical box mm -hmm. so they have an electrical box that will prioritize circuits with a microprocessor and then it has internal relays so say you have your car charged up and you have a solar array you can tell your electrical grid just to take all of the power out of the solar panels and put them straight into your uh, car. Or you can tell the elect you can tell the span smart panel, I only want to have these circuits on. I want to turn off everything else. All mm right. -hmm. So there is, I, I and I think that's critical, and that's something we learned. You kind of have to be able to control your end user management of how you use electricity. You're going to have to be able to turn certain things on and off. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to be able to relate to solar power, mm -hmm. turn it on and have it used for something very specific. So the technology is kind of, it's, it's, it's creeping up. It's, it's coming. I, I'm, I'm enthused about it. Mm -hmm. Now the span is, uh, several thousand dollars you know there's not, it's not well so you know that's the thing is to get the buy-in especially from mm -hmm. someone like me that's more analytical is uh you know the cost has to it's like you know i'm not putting solar on my house because it'll be paid off in 25 years and i, I might be dead by then yeah, yeah, yeah and then no one wants to take over the lease you know, it's almost yeah. a detriment to have it on. So, it, you know, there's got to yeah. be other ways to sit there and say, it's like, okay, you do this. And it has to be That's, something yeah. other than, well, you know, it's good for the planet. Well, how many millions right. of people just don't, it's like that, don't care uh, because it's too expensive. You know, so something's right. got to happen. Um Yeah. You know, that, that is, uh, yeah, you're, uh, uh, you're nailing it. And, and I worked, we had two off-grid, uh, we had two solar arrays and we basically tested off-grid technology. That's what we did for years. Uh, and you know, kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't think the average guy is going to be doing this, but now here's the, here's the flip on that bi-directional charging. So and you saw, I don't know if you saw that in California, they're trying to pass a bill where bi-directional charging is required to be installed on all electric vehicles. Yeah. Well, if you have bi-directional charging, it means you can go to your work. And if they have a solar grid, you don't have to mess with all the engineering of all that. You plug in your car, you fill up your car, you simply drive home to your garage and you plug it in to your smart electrical system mm -hmm. and it powers your house. So, and I, again, I advocated in the book and I would say the big solution is going to be the portable battery. 
I don't think people are going to operate a micro power plant. <laughs> I just, I, I don't see that. You're like, I'm, I'm in there and I remember getting yelled at, don't ever touch that switch. Don't flip nothing. <laughs> you don't know what it is, you know? And yeah. I could see, uh, uh, those, those funny scenarios. Yeah. And you know, I have people that, that, that have been on the podcast that they're, advocates for more of a you know smaller nuclear fusion type of oh, no, no, no. you know um and, you know instead of solar and they're saying you know the nuclear is the way so it's just there's all these different things uh, very quickly before we leave let's talk about your book um, okay it is um it is written about how the portable battery is going to stop climate change and save planet earth i have uh put a lot into it and I uh, talk about the history of transportation energy. And then I go into gasoline, the leaded cars. And I do it somewhat in a humorous way, in a kind way. And I, I am not a uh, completely uh, left-wing environmentalist. And I'm not a completely, you know, I, I try to stay in the middle with the book. Missouri's kind of a very middle book, but I explain the advantages of techno, the technology. I, I give very specific e examples. Uh, I talk about uh, sole, uh, product advances. Uh, if you're looking for really a, a complete picture mm -hmm. of kind of where this, this battery and the climate change and the future of solar, it, it sort of gives you those answers. And the and name of fun. the book is? Verities of an electric mule. And I really, right now, I'm just, I'm just selling it on my uh, website. And where order. can people find you? I go to richardflingy.com. R-I-C-H-A-R-D-F-L-E-N-T-G-E. Yep. So everybody, yes. Flingy is, there's a, a T in there. F-L-E-N-T-G-E. Mm -hmm. And it's Richard. And, uh, you know, if you're interested uh, get his book, and it's uh, probably an interesting read about uh, future renewable energy solutions and the concepts behind it. And uh, Richard, I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, blast. And, and I hope uh, hopefully, someone will get get something out of this and think, yeah, you know, you know, uh, it's coming. And I'm I'm kind of a bridge guy in the middle, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and I think everybody better be paying attention to it because uh, yeah. it is on the horizon and uh, whether we take advantage of it, probably our children will. So Absolutely. If we can do anything to help the future out, we ought to do it. Well, I love my Tesla car and uh, I like, I like that it's very fast and it has a lot of technology, but uh, we'll see what, what, what the future, you know, I've got the cyber truck on order. One of these years, cool. I'll probably get it. That that was uh, my signature show we did was the Cybertruck debacle. Do you remember when they threw the oh, yeah. well? The uh, we had been running the show, and I'm telling you that event they hadn't picked up the glass yet, and we filmed uh, a humorous uh, YouTube video on that. Got about three hundred thousand views. It was actually. Mm. One of my uh, uh, one of my few feathers, I suppose, at EVTV. I got to co-host that show. We had a we made fun and had a had a big time with that. So there you go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if that ever 
comes to fruition. They're driving but, it around. I'm telling they you. They are. Show well, up. I want to drive it around too. So we'll, we'll see when I get it. But uh, Richard, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.